Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 10. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so thrilled today to have a great friend, Erica Kastner, here with us. Welcome, Erica. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm super pumped. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Erica is a master certified business and breakthrough coach who is passionate about helping business owners and sales professionals bridge the gap between where they are now and the next level that they want to achieve. She's also the host of the iHeartRadio podcast, Power Factor Biz Chat, which you can also find on iTunes. So I recommend that you check her out on whatever your preferred listening platform is. Erica, again, thank you so much for being here. And I'd love it if you would give our audience just like a bigger, better idea of what you do, because I know it. Well, yeah, you better know it, sister. <laughs> We've worked together long enough to know I'm just totally kidding. But no, thank you again, Ken, for having me on the show. I know this is going to be super fun today because, you know, we chat all the time about, you know, that positive productivity in the workspace, in our lives, how we can have it play out. And so I guess in a nutshell, for fabulous listeners today, in a nutshell, what I do is I really help professionals bridge that gap between where they're at right now, which probably means that they're not achieving their goals, they're lacking confidence, they're procrastinating, they're dragging their feet. And I help them achieve what they absolutely desire, meaning that they're accomplishing goals in a timely manner. They're actually succeeding in the areas of success that they want. They're not necessarily dragging their feet. They're more confident. They're getting on stages. They're doing the things to be more visible in their business. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about some of those things today, but absolutely really, we are. I, yeah, that's what I, what I help people do. Get them from where they're at today, which is probably not exactly where they want to be at the moment to ultimately getting to that next level of success for them and doing it smarter, more efficiently, and in a place where they're not pulling their hair out, they're actually feeling really good about the process. <laughs> I'm laughing because I can, like, sometimes I really do feel like pulling my hair out, like, especially coming out of my past week with my kids being home three out of the five days. My first question for you is what would you say is one of the biggest hurdles that your clients have to get past? And maybe you even had to get past it too when you were starting your business. But what's that hurdle, the biggest hurdle that you see them having to get past to go to the next level? That's a really great question. I think that the biggest challenge is that there are too many darn people pleasers out there. So there's too many people out there that are trying to please their coworkers, trying to please their clients, trying to please their kids, trying to please their partners, all these things. Now, granted, I want everybody to keep in mind that you don't want to irritate anybody. You don't want to like vote people off of your island, but there's so much emphasis on taking care of other people's needs first, that we have a tendency to put our needs on the back burner. So when we're out there really leading with taking care of everybody else and not slowing down enough to be mindful about what we've got to do next, it doesn't lead to positivity and it sure doesn't necessarily lead to productive results. So we've got to really take the energy away from taking care of everybody else's needs 
pleasing all of them, and really get down to brass tacks as far as what is going to really help serve us as the business leader, as the sales professional, and then everybody else's needs become secondary if we can take care of our needs first. So stop being a yes man or a yes woman. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We could probably do a whole other show about that, Kim. Oh yeah, definitely. And I know that's something that I've had to get over majorly. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that we've talked about this before, but I think another big point is also confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, like in what we're charging and in ourselves going after opportunities and just asking for them. And one of the things I love about you is that you reach out to people just to say hi and see if there's anything that you can do to support them. But even that takes some confidence. But I want to sort of spark a little conversation here about a pretty awesome podcast interview that you had know which one I'm talking about, but I know that took a little bit of confidence to do what you did. So I'm going to let you take all now. Yeah. So what Kim's alluding to is Kim and I've known each other for quite some time. So no doubt she knows kind of the whole ins and outs of how I got to where I am today. And I'm going to spare you all that boring story. But a lot of what I do talk about, Kim, as you know, and I'm sharing this today with your listeners for the first time is that element of being of service first. I know for a lot of leaders out there, we feel like that when we go into business or we start a new adventure, like we want to share the news with everybody that we are the rock stars at this, this, or this, you know, you guys fall in the blank because you know your situation better than I do. But part of that whole process of getting the word out there about what you do and how you do it is this element of humility. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So when I moved to the Southwest Florida market back in 2005, so as we're recording this interview today, it's October 3rd of 2016. I actually did not know a single soul when I moved to the Southwest Florida market. I knew that in order for me to start getting to know some souls, I needed to get out there and actually shake hands, kiss babies, and surround myself with people that could potentially lead me into other introductions. And I started, you know, I could feel more familiar. So with all that said, I think I really prided myself over these last 12 years or so, really just like one foot in front of the other, reaching out to people, finding out where their areas of focus are. How can I support them? Being a good interviewer and a really kick butt listener. I mean, that's like, I think the, the biggest piece of advice I can drive home today. And I think this is why I now, like I get compliments on my Power Factor Biz Chat show as being a really good interviewer. Well, I've only been doing that really for the last like 12 years. And if I want to go back even further, I've done that in my corporate America training world for, you know, the eight years before that. But I digress. So the podcast interview that you're talking about, Kim, was actually with the founder of Ugg Boot of all things, Brian Smith. I actually met him at a conference in April of earlier this year, and I was actually attending the Digital Footprint Conference, which I'm actually going to be speaking at here in a few weeks, and I'm very excited about that. But what was interesting was that I noticed all these like super like hyper like crazy behavior was as soon as he was done with this keynote because he was one of the keynote presenters at this conference and immediately after that keynote presentation like everybody in the room was like swarming the stage now 
I know what that can feel like, not because I'm as popular as a keynote speaker, you know, but like, but I know like sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming to be in that space. And so I really just kind of distanced myself. I thought, you know what, if there's going to be an opportunity where I'm going to connect with him, I will, and it'll all work out, but I'm not going to take this opportunity to be like one of the, you know, 50 or, you know, 60 people that were rushing the stage. So the next day at the event, I had an opportunity to chat with him over lunch because at this particular conference, they actually fed us food and some don't, but this particular conference did. And we actually had an opportunity to sit right next to each other at lunch. So here I am with this founder of this billion dollar brand. And if you guys want to go check out the podcast, head on over to pfbizchat.com. And if you search Brian-Smith, I believe you'll be able to find it. But he tells this really great story about how he didn't wake up one day and decide he was going to build a billion dollar brand. He took daily steps each and every day, lost his company a couple of times in the process. It's a really fascinating story about how Ugg Boots became the billion dollar brand that it is today. But to tie this back to confidence, I think that the story with Brian and the story of me telling you about this particular chance meeting with the founder of Ugg Boots and then having him be on my show, like me getting to that place of confidence didn't happen overnight. It happened with me taking daily action step to actually get to that place of feeling like I was even worthy to have lunch sitting right next to this guy. I mean, like, you know, even three years ago, I didn't feel like I was worthy to be in that spot. But because I was diligent, because I get out there, because I don't live behind my computer screen, I actually get to, to practice being more confident. Therefore, because I practice that, I'm more productive. And of course, that surely doesn't like hurt me in, you know, feeling better about where I'm heading and feeling, you know, really positive about the direction that I'm going and and the people that I'm affecting. So I know that's a really long winded story, Kim, but I hope there was some value nuggets in, in that story and your audience could really find some good gems in that. Oh, there definitely is. I love the fact that you were even just talking about not swarming the stage because if it's, well, personally, I don't like big crowds. I'm one that would rather find a couple of people in a big room to chat with who are not part of the big crowd. And I'm sure for the speakers too, it can be quite intimidating. I mean, no matter how long they've been speaking for on stage and you're going to be speaking on stage, I'm sure, well, I know it's exhausting to be up there. You've been prepping for how long you get done and a little bit of space might be nice instead of being swarmed. But I also know that being appreciated and having people rave about you is is pretty awesome too. Yes, it is. Yes, you know, yes and no. I mean, because you obviously get some of that, you know, that aspects, Kim. But I think, you know, another thing that I would caution the listeners to be thinking about is this, if you're out at events and you are in a, an opportunity to maybe meet some of these thought leaders or speakers and you're thinking, gosh, it'd be nice to get that person on my podcast or to write a guest blog or to do all these things that you might be thinking about, like collaborating with this person on, is just to be mindful of the space, you know, really be in this place of, you know, if you're rushing the stage with 50 other people, are you really going to stand out? Is that really the most productive use of your time? You know, I would much rather find those quiet opportunities. And And again, I don't want to let opportunities pass me by. But at the same time, I don't think it's productive. It it makes me look really like, it makes me look like I'm playing in that scarcity mode. That's the only time I'm ever going to talk to this person. That's the only time we're ever going to connect. And I guess like in the power of my own confidence building over these past few years is that I just don't like 
play into that there's a scarcity mindset around when I'm going to meet influencers. I just say, you know what? I'm going to like, that opportunity is going to happen when it's going to happen and it's going to happen organically. And it's because I've built a relationship with somebody in a thoughtful way, not in a like, Hey, what can I get from you outside of the you know 30 seconds that you just hopped off the stage? Does that make sense? Oh, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. And look at you now speaking there in just a couple of weeks and I can't even imagine who you're going to be connecting with then. I, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be exciting. I hope I can, uh, <laughs> I've got some pretty amazing shoes I'm not filling in for because, you know, fortunately some of the speakers that have attended the past conferences are going to be there at this one. But yeah, I'm definitely amongst the team of amazing talent that's there sharing and being of service. So I definitely hope I can live up to that level. So what would be your recommendation for somebody who just like you is new to an area and they're getting out there and they're going to groups? Well, I'm going to pretend it was me. I'm an introvert. What would you say would be a few steps that somebody could take just to becoming more comfortable when they're getting out there and approaching people? Yeah, that's a super good question, Kim. So, you know, I think what I love about most introverts is that introverts by nature are very intentional. You know, they're not necessarily like throwing caution to the wind. Um, They're very intentional. So I think first and foremost, anybody that's new to networking or new to getting themselves out there be intentional about the purpose of you connecting. So whether you're going to a networking event or whether you're pitching yourself to be on another podcast or a guest blog opportunity or that speaking opportunity on stage, if you're intentional about being of service first, then you're going to win more often than not. I mean, this is actually going to work in your favor. Now, your ROI, your return on investment isn't as sexy as going in like a bull in a china shop, but your return on investment for the long haul is going to serve you well. So number one, be intentional. Number two, align yourself with somebody that actually knows a little bit about maybe the organization. So like, for instance, if you're going to go to a Chamber of Commerce event for the first time, Take a few extra moments to actually, and again, this doesn't always work, you know, like flawlessly because we have to be mindful of other people's schedules, but take some time to connect with the organizers of that event, whether it's a chamber of commerce event, a rotary club, you know, another type of networking event, maybe take some extra time to hop on a quick phone call with that person and find out a little bit more about how you can plug yourself into the organization. If they organize the event, they usually have a temperature on what's worked in the past, who typically shows up, you know, what would be some good, like best practices to network in that environment. So that might be a good thing to kind of do up front as well is, is obviously connect with those conference organizers. The other thing that I could recommend, Kim, for introverts or, you know, anybody that's actually listening to this today is if you're going to take the time to go to a networking event or any type of event to drive awareness to your brand, remember to build in time to follow up. I think so many of us are so busy about anticipating the pre-work that's necessary to know what kind of networking events are going to be good for us. We go to the event, we spend all this time, but then we forget that we've got to actually do stuff or connect with people outside of that event. The event is only the first step. It's not the, you know, okay, I went to this event and then I never got anything out of that. Well, if you never got anything out of it, it's because you probably didn't spend any time after the fact building relationships or following through with that follow-up piece. So those would be my three steps to get people started in the right direction, Kim. Does that help? 
Oh, that is so huge. And then I have a follow-up question to that. And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. But <laughs> business cards, yay or nay? Well, you know, here's my thought process on it. I used to be a big proponent of having business cards. Now I am anti bring your flyers, bring your rat cards, bring your brochures to networking events, because quite frankly, and I'm going to be totally frank. When I get that stuff at events, I'm usually shoving it in. It's getting all folded up. It's not really being in the intent of what it was like made for in the first place, because I'm trying to shove it into my little clutch. I'm probably going to toss it at the event. If I'm going to be quite honest with you, because you weren't responsible enough to think about, you know, handing that to somebody and being considerate of them. (laughs) So that's my soapbox on that for a moment. But business cards, I think what trips people up about business cards is that they get into collecting a hundred of them at one event. If we could just stop that madness of card collecting and we really, again, going back to intention, what's your purpose of going to this event? Are you there to collect cards? If you are, you probably need to stay at home because that should not be the focus of you going to an event. Focus on building a relationship with two or three people at the event. And the reason why I say two to three people is because number one, you don't have a stack of business cards that are 82 high that you have to follow up with. And you were not following up with 82 people, you know, like you were not having to do the busy work of following up the 82 people that might not be your ideal client to begin with. Build relationships with two or three people. I think the better solution for business cards, and this is one that I implemented, I I do not have business cards from here on out. I say, are you on LinkedIn? And right then and there on the spot, I'm connecting with that person on LinkedIn. If you guys aren't on LinkedIn, you have a business, you best be getting on it because it is a valuable tool to get so much information about your potential prospects, your potential referral partners, and not in a spammy way, but in a real thought provoking way that's transparent, unlike any other social media platform that's out there to date. You know, it's a great way to also get some visibility on there too, because you can actually take your blogs and other pieces of content that you're writing and publish those things right on to Pulse, which is a great tool. I get so many interactions with that. And it's a good way for me to continue the conversation with people that actually engage in my content. So business cards, you know, it's up to you. Don't be bringing flyers or brochures or rat cards to a networking event. Keep those for, you know, maybe your promotional aspects for another time. And we could, again, we could probably talk about where those are more appropriate for another show, but business cards, keep it simple, focus on two or three, collecting two or three, but make sure that you're building a relationship. And, you know, if you want to go real crazy, ditch them all together and just connect on LinkedIn. (laughs) Don't treat these events like speed dating. Yeah, it's not a meat market, folks. I mean, this is an opportunity for you to start building relationships. I mean, when I first started networking, yes, I was doing all these crazy things that I'm telling you to avoid now because I know that it got my, you know, what handed to me because I wasn't thoughtful about it. I was actually just, you know, like, okay, there's all these people and I have to like collect all these cards. And the only way I'm going to be able to get business out of one of them is if I like stack my odds. And, you know, that's such a scarcity place to be. And it's just this tiring time suck. There's no productivity in you having to follow up with 82 people at a networking event. Focus on the two or three and build a relationship with them, add value, add service, and continue that process until you've built your network up to where mine is today or beyond. I mean, I don't have the biggest, most influential network, but by golly, I'm out there working on it every single day to improve the lives of the people that are in my network. 
That's so huge. I just had to interject with a quick story here, and I don't think I've even ever told you this, but you and I were in a program earlier this year. I'm not going to name any names right now, but there was an event out in Vegas for it, and neither of us went. But while the event was going on, I got a Facebook instant message from somebody who was there. And because there was a group for this program that we were in, they thought maybe I was there and they invited me to have coffee. Well, I, because I wasn't there, I thanked them for the invitation. And then I got an aha moment that maybe I should have virtual coffee. Oh yeah. We ended up having virtual coffee. And now we talk at least once or twice a week and we're actually working on projects together. But if you are still concentrating and this isn't directed to you, Erica, but to the listeners, if you are still primarily using social media for your networking, reach out, offer virtual coffee. And I also love this other story that I heard about introducing yourself to new people who enter a group. Yeah, it can be a little bit spammy, so I'd watch how you do that. But introduce yourself because then it's sort of like you are noticing the new person to the party who doesn't know anybody but the host. Yeah. Come to you and connect later. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up an excellent point about watching how you introduce yourself, you know, in groups like that. You know, I think as long as you were, again, going back to your intentions, setting up and truly being of service, and it's totally okay to say, you know, hey, Sally Sue, welcome to the group and leave it at that. Don't worry about like throwing up all the, I, I actually, actually, I just did this the other day and this is part of me, like maybe being more confident <laughs> in my own voice. Cause there's still areas in my life, believe it or not, Kim, even though I was like talking at the beginning of this show, you know, about avoiding the people pleasing aspect, but you know, it's still like on some level feels a little like, Oh, I don't want to offend them if I say this. So I do preface a lot of my suggestions, you know, especially when I'm getting them via email or via groups. But, you know, somebody the other day was like, had just joined a chamber organization and had puked all of his stuff about his organization all over my inbox. I mean, not like in a, like, I mean, it was loaded with links. It was loaded with the history of the organization. And this is the very first time I met this person. Now, where do you think that mail is going to go for most people? Now, for me, I see it as an opportunity to potentially work with somebody because this is what I do and help people smooth this out. But for this poor soul, I had to reach out to him and say more or most people, they're going to be like, you know what? Like, I don't have time for this. Delete. So this poor guy is going through thinking that he's doing the right thing by introducing himself and spilling the beans about everything that he does. So he makes himself look more attractive to the potential reader of this and perhaps maybe engage in some other conversations about, you know, working together or playing together, whatever that looks like, but he is shooting himself in the foot at the same time. So I just politely reached out to him and said, you know what, I know that you are probably not intending to send this email out like this with this intention, but here's the deal. Like this is going to potentially turn off a lot of people that you could build a really good relationship with. So, you know, I just want to give you a heads up that this isn't the way to go about it. You know, introduce yourself, great, but give them two lines and then give them a reason for them to want to connect with you. Like this question, how can I support you? That question, if more people got into the habit of asking that question 10 times a day, 
How can I support you? How can I help you fill in the gaps? How can I be of service? By default, folks, you are going to be more productive in your business leads. You're going to have more conversations about your business because it's going to lend itself to having those conversations. You will not leave business opportunities on the table for being of service. You won't. I mean, it has not happened to me at all in the last you know, 10 years that I've like 11 years, 12 years that I've tested this theory. It just doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to scarcity. It lends itself to abundance. So try it, be of service. I feel like I just got a challenge and a very noble one. I'm going to start implementing. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I'm really going to be trying. We are quickly approaching the end of commutable length, which is so sad because I really want to continue this. But we are sad, please. have you back again. But I have two last questions before we say goodbye for today. What are the top tools that help you achieve positive productivity or as close to it in your business right now? Well, I mentioned one of them that's LinkedIn. I'm like a LinkedIn ninja. Now for many years, I didn't necessarily use that tool to that potential. But, and again, I say LinkedIn ninja only because like I'm being kind of funny about it. I'm not the pro by any stretch of the imagination. I have people in my (laughs) circle of influence that could really help you out with that. But I think LinkedIn is absolutely one of those critical tools to help you with that. And I think just to be respectful of time, Kim, that's the one I want to stop with is LinkedIn from a social media aspect is going to be super helpful to get the skinny on what you need to connect, build confidence in relationship building and so on. I love that because I do know, and this has been a shift in my business. I do realize that for myself, a lot of my ideal clients are on LinkedIn versus Facebook. Most people's are, but you know, they're again, playing into the scarcity mindset that everybody's hanging out in Facebook. Well, no, everybody's wasting time in Facebook. So hop on over to a platform that is actually going to help you be more productive and start getting familiar with it. So you can use it to its fullest potential. You just gave me a couple of tweetables right there. Thank you. <laughs> so I already mentioned your podcast, which you can find on iHeartRadio or YouTube. What about Stitcher? Yep, it's on Stitcher as well. So it's Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the website, the direct website where you can get all the show notes and links to all the tools that we and my guests share on there is over at pfbizchat.com. This will be in the show notes. So where else besides LinkedIn, because we know that that's a big one, where else can listeners connect with you, Erica? Oh, thank you for that, Kim. So yeah, I mean, the center hub for everything that's going on in my world is over at thequeenofresults.com. I have a special gift for your guest. If you go to thequeenofresults.com forward slash positive productivity, that information will be in that box or in that page. So you can actually go there and find all sorts of fun stuff specifically for you guys to help you. Um, I'll actually run down my productivity tools in there. So you guys can actually take a look at that, especially when it comes to building better business relationships. So I've got a ton of tips around there that I'll share on that page for you guys. That is awesome. I love that. I think you're the first guest to have done that. Yay. Well, thank you so much again, Erica, for being here. This has been a blast. And I think, or I know many of the listeners will agree that we're going to have to have you back soon. Well, thanks again, Kim, for being a rock star in my life and doing this great thing. And I wish you much success in the podcast. You rock, my friend. So do you. Thank you so much, Erica. Hey, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want to share with others, please feel free to do so. 
I'd also appreciate your comments, your reviews, your ratings, and you can do that on iTunes or Stitcher, or even by clicking through to my website at thekimsutton.com and just leave a comment down below the podcast. I also want to invite you to send me questions at any time that I can address on one of the future episodes. To send me a question to address on a future episode, just visit my website at thekimsutton.com and click on the contact tab at the top. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and I wish you a day filled with positive productivity.